Ellisol Chit Chats aims to make information available for everyone. The podcast transcripts are on ellisolchitchats.wordpress.com for the hearing impaired and those who'd like to read instead. Thank you for engaging. So I know that it's not Friday where I usually talk about what I watched. Still, I couldn't think of fitting this into Friday's episode when what I mainly wanted to say has more to do about how the thing I watched influenced me more than talking about the thing I watched itself. Hello everyone, my name is Raineth and welcome to Illicit Chit Chats, the podcast where we talk about our 3am thoughts, the afterthoughts and um film. I came across these two documentaries on Netflix in September of 2021. Yeah, it just didn't come out to say September last year because it just doesn't feel like last year. <laughs> We've talked about this. One is called Less Is Now and the other is The Minimalists. They are by a duo called The Minimalists, Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. Now, I find documentaries to be fascinating. Obviously, it hasn't always been this way. And I can imagine these types of productions you learn to understand or start to like as you get older. The first thing you think about when it comes to documentaries is that they are boring and they are sad and they're just loaded with all this information about whatever is going on in the world or whatever went on in the world. I guess one would think that way if the docs you were exposed to for most of your childhood were from your uncle's favorite channel, The Animal Planet, <laughs> and your grandpa's Discovery Channel. Actually, no, I quite enjoy watching the Discovery Channel and the History Channel with my grandfather. It makes for some very interesting conversations, especially now in my 20s. What really got me into docs was a few years ago when Sundance popped up on DSTV and I was eating it up. Also the HBO documentaries and most of the ones I watched were docs that involved some form of art. I liked the defined ones which is about Jimmy Alvin and Dr. Dre and for no good reason about Ralph Steadman so he collaborated and made illustrations for Hunter S Thompson's writing and the stories about Steadman's art. The disappearance of my mother was also interesting and heartbreaking but at the same time inspiring when you hear the story of Benedetta Barzini. If you see some of the footage you realize how having to be a woman and speaking on specific topics while being surrounded by a misogynistic world will break something in you. But it was one of the most beautiful docs I came across at the time. When you keep getting exposed to one type of documentary like I have, I mean if it wasn't animals then before I had the DSCV it was like it was mostly about racialized people and the injustices and stuff and they kind of become very disheartening and it's emotionally taxing you don't want to go into watching these type of documentaries but it's only now that I've learned that you'd like a docy that has something to do with what you're interested in like I'm saying how I discovered the documentaries about art I also like the deeply personal ones. I'm not necessarily into documentaries that speak about movements because those are the types that will sway people. People are either easily convinced or skeptical, and I can be both. <laughs> 
It's interesting how the minimalists start explaining minimalism on their website. So what is this minimalism thing? It's quite simple. To be a minimalist, you must live with less than 100 things. You can't own a car or a home or a television. You can't have a career. You must live in exotic, hard-to-pronounce places all over the world. You must start a blog. You can't have children. And you must be a young white male from a privileged background. It was clever to do because it hints at how self-aware they are and what people think about minimalism. But also if you kind of think about it, yeah, it's sort of a marketing strategy. You know how Gossip Girl, everyone was like, oh, this is controversial, whatever. And they just took whatever the critics were writing and they put it on their posters and actually marketed it as such a controversial show. And obviously that is what what pulls you to watching that thing. (laughs) But with minimalism, on the surface, that is something that you would think it is. We think that someone of a specific group creates certain movements or lifestyles, whether it be race or certain socioeconomic statuses for people that are basically similar to you. And off the top of my head, I think about wellness movements and how they aren't really for everybody. But also, people who take on these things claim that anyone can do this. They're not thinking about what this means for someone in the rural areas as opposed to what this means for the 1% of the world who can do quote-unquote anything. What minimalism means for the minimalists is freedom or minimalism as a way to find freedom. One thing that motivates them to take on minimalism is consumer culture. I didn't think much of consumer culture before seeing these documentaries But I learned a great deal about it because of the fast fashion debate as well. According to Crohn's article by Kimberly Leonard, consumer culture is a theory in marketing strategic planning that considers the relationship consumers have with certain products or services. Suppose you were to understand it in a sense where we speak about cancel culture, cringe culture, The easier way to put it is how people spend money on services and products to attain a lifestyle in a capitalist economy. Considering this, it made sense for me to think of how you buy and buy and you end up with a bunch of things that won't be of any value at some point later if you are indeed buying to fit a lifestyle. What stood out to me regarding these guys is that they didn't grow up with a lot and then they had a lot but nothing changed for them in terms of being content. An argument is that you can have everything in the world and still be miserable. But for me, that outlook is again, why did you want everything and what does everything mean? I know that everyone wants to live a comfortable life, but what does comfort mean for you? It also says that the USA is top tier in consumer culture and it made sense for the minimalist movement to be a thing there if that's the culture and you're able to participate in that culture you will arrive at that point if you had money to buy unnecessary things before so i wondered had both of them not been successful or had seen success would they have concluded that they don't need much Apart from that, I respect the encompassing reason for taking deliberate decisions regarding your material possessions and life. 
on a superficial level of understanding, you'd think that they say you shouldn't have things just sitting there in your home gathering dust while you're not using them. Duh. But I think it makes logical sense for you to think minimalism isn't this great thing if you don't have much in the first place, if you were a careful buyer anyway. I remember having a conversation with one of my brothers about the ability to ask for things. We were looking at two scenarios in which someone is used to asking for things and getting them and someone else who used to ask but couldn't get. Even if they came to a point where they could get what they asked for, they had completely stopped asking. So in a sense, I feel like having something or taking a deliberate decision to buy something is not a big epiphany if you never had the luxury of buying things for the hell of it or fitting a lifestyle. As much as I would like to declutter and have more space, be calmer and happier, this that minimalism is also trying to sell me, I think that the way you conclude less is more is when you actually have more and you don't see the need to have it. Or for you to come to this conclusion is that you've always had less and going back to you stopping asking, I'm putting it in a sense where growing up maybe you didn't have as much as though and so. You learn that what you have, depending obviously on the people who raised you, is enough for you. And sometimes you see stuff and you can look without wanting because you're also making conscious decisions on what you're willing to spend money on and what you won't spend a dime on. The audience for the minimalism while they were touring to promote their book. I know how that sounds, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they have an ebook. I mean, you can't get rid of all this stuff and then just buy their book. I mean, that's just more clutter, right? While they were promoting their book, the audience had a lot of older people. And it is, I think it is easier to convince someone who has had things all their life to get rid of them than someone who is just now starting out into the world and they're getting their first salary. And also I hear these people and their stories of how, how they made so much money and it felt empty but it has more to do with what they valued and how they saw themselves being happy that it made sense for them to get rid of whatever. That boils down to a matter of context. Where you are, where you come from, culture. They're just certain things that are not as important as they would be for someone else for you. Consumer culture is a thing that is prevalent around the world. Here as well. There are many look at me types of people but consumer culture touches younger people to a disappointing amount but also strangely touches adults because you're for spending and you're not for it as well to buy something makes you feel successful knowing you worked for that money no one helped you and you have what's yours i'm not talking about spending mindlessly but i'm addressing the less is more thing so one of the minimalist guys lives in a tiny house. I do think about how impractical that would be if I were to buy a piece of land and put my tiny house there, given that I'm someone who values going to my grandmother's house, meeting my cousins there, my cousins, my aunts, my nephews, my nieces, the house being filled with people I love for the day. I don't think that's something I would want to give up in the future. If I'm still alive and God wills it, I want a big house where my grandkids come and visit. 
that makes me think of how in South Africa, I don't know about other countries and other people, but extending the house even when your kids are adulting and gone is a pretty important thing here. Many people I know have done that. I've heard someone commenting on how the house looks great and how the owner did a good job on more than one occasion. You are praised for having had the opportunity or the ability to extend your house. People think that is success and they're very proud of it. So where minimalism would say less is more, more is seen of kind of a good thing here. And for me, I want more for that reason alone because I'm big family oriented. At the same time, the same people who do this are the same people who will keep many items for the younger generation. Minimalism advocates for this thing where you're buying things because you need them. And the things that you have around you are the things that you need at that certain time. But a lot of people here have that thing of they're keeping certain clothes for the next generation. Maybe there might be a baby in the house that's coming. Sometimes it's not even a matter of they can't afford to buy new things. It's not a very practical thing to have you buy something for now and then not use it any, at any point later and then you throw it away and then buy when someone comes along again. So yeah, they would keep these clothes, they would keep certain items knowing that the next generation is probably going to need it. And I don't know if it's a, it's a thing of sometimes buying something that you need for that moment alone can be sort of impractical and sort of a waste of money instead of maybe people exchanging things. But the good thing is that minimalism does actually advocate for exchanging certain things and not throwing things away. And I just realized that there's a difference in how people think and in the environments in which we grew up in. When I saw that people were throwing out their like their whole closet and I was like, but I still have that thing from 10 years ago that I still wear. <laughs> so that's sort of like also the turning point of thinking that yeah, minimalism can be for you in a certain way. And speaking of context, minimalism talks about how people assign so much meaning to possessions which is why you end up with so much stuff so this is where the minimalism bug bit me i might not have much to throw away or throw out but i do have an abundance of small little things that i collected over the years small trinkets and this documentary helped me to let go of stuff i held on to that are linked to people it reminded me that these people are not in these things Worst of all, these people are not in my life anymore, yet I'm holding on to things as if they are just as present as this literal physical thing that I'm holding. So emotional baggage, if I were to give it a name. It took a while for me to let go, and my thinking wasn't exactly that these people aren't here anymore when I was doing that, but what was a motivation was that I won't be taking any of these things when, excuse my morbidity, I sees existing. <laughs> Only when I went through these things did it become easy to understand that it's different to hold on to something of someone who passed away than of someone who just faded away. Every time you look at this thing, you are thrilled. It is also attached to a sense of regret and the question of why these people aren't in your life anymore. 
even when you're the one who walked away, you still feel like, what if? Like it's too much to bear. At first, I went in open-minded when I looked in my closet. These were things that were mine, so they're easy to give away. They're easy to throw away. However, the deeper I dug, the more I felt like, bro, this is ridiculous. <laughs> These things need to go, and I need to stop this before I go from being a memory hoarder to a literal hoarder. But you get over it and rationalizing it. I spend most of my time not even thinking about these things until I see them. So the verdicts out on minimalism. It has its pros and cons, but I also believe that whatever is put in front of you might sometimes only be understood in your own context. For these guys, minimalism was about what it meant for them. And for me too, it would have flown over my head if I didn't understand it in the context of emotional baggage and clutter. The less is more thing, not so much. But emotional freedom, got it. <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? That's how cults get you. So what are your thoughts? What do you think of minimalism? Do you practice this? Or do you think it's just one of those things that come and go? Do you think of it like an aesthetic only or something that can actually become a lifestyle? Because I used to think it was an aesthetic. It's just when I looked at it, it was a very expensive aesthetic to have and I still think that. Um, but now that I kind of sort of understand the lifestyle a bit more, I think differently of it. But it's not something that I think I will completely take on in terms of practically doing it because for me it's not exactly practical. But yeah, please let me know. If you liked today's episode, please leave me some stars and a heart wherever you listen to your podcast. If you would kindly leave a comment under our post on IG at illisal underscore essay, even if it's to tell me how your day has been, that would be much appreciated. We're here. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Christeray. It's been lovely talking to you. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Make deliberate choices. Live your best life. Do whatever you want as long as you choose you. Till next time, take care of yourself, Seeds. Hi, Raineth here. Around the time that I started my podcast, I was told by someone that they wanted to start a podcast too, but they didn't know how. Well, it has never been this easy to share your thoughts with the world. Certainly not in limited characters anyway. I joined Buzzsprouts because I wanted a podcast-friendly environment that will have the work that I do with every episode. I'm not looking back. Buzzsprouts is home to a 100,000 podcasters. It's an ideal choice because not only do they give you detailed analytics to show how your podcast is doing, they'll give you tools to promote your episodes and an easily accessible podcast website where anyone can listen to your podcast. And because they think of your listeners' needs as well, the website will have a directory of where your episodes are available as well. If you'd like to try your hand at podcasting, Buzzsprouts is an option to consider. You can use the link in our description to check it out. You will get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and in addition, help support our show.